0: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast where I share my journey writing my first novel. I am a small business owner and entrepreneur living on the coast of Maine with my cat and my husband. Today I want to talk about storytelling and hopefully I have enough content to talk about for you to actually make an episode. Otherwise, this is going to either be really short or there's just not going to be an episode that comes out. This past week was my busiest week since pretty much the beginning of quarantine. Uh, yeah, it was pretty intense. Um, possibly busier than most normal weeks before COVID. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much dying. <laughs> I I do not want to do that again, but here we go, you know, this is, this is my job. And in the long run, eventually it would be nice to just be able to write, um, and manage We Speak with less hands on and more help. That is the goal. And I'm, I'm really enjoying this writing journey. I'm really loving it. And it, it feeds my soul in a way that nothing else that i've ever really done has given me this much excitement and yeah i'm just i'm just sticking with it and enjoying the journey and hoping that it leads somewhere good so i at the beginning of this there may have been an episode where I said something along the lines of not being a storyteller and just being a writer. I like to write sentences. I like to write short things. Um, I like to put short things together. A novel is a whole other, a whole other story. <laughs> no pun intended, but. I never really saw myself as a storyteller because plot and structure has been the bane of my existence ever since starting to write books, and ever since I realized how difficult it is to construct a book, and that plot really needs to be put together in a certain way for it to work, and so I'm always second-guessing myself, I'm always second-guessing that part of the process for me. But I think I'm learning, and what's helping me is outlining these books, the six-book series that I'm working on. I'm still on a break from the first book that I'm writing that I have technically finished. It's a draft zero. It needs a lot of work. But I'm working on this six-book series. I'm working on little outlines And as I go along, as my characters develop in my head, I'm realizing that more and more of my little outlines, my little plot points, include a lot of dialogue. And I think the reason for that is because I'm really focusing on character development and just those amazing clean little character arcs that I love so much that I've been talking about in previous episodes when it comes to villainy or, you know, just the dynamics of between two characters and the dynamics that the character, the dynamics and roles the character plays within the storyline. I've talked about Avatar the Airbender series and how much I love the cute little clean, crisp character arcs. And I've also mentioned that I am currently watching... Black Sails, which is a pirate show on Hulu, and it's got lots of interesting character developments there too. And what makes a plotline so good is when the characters are reacting to things and evolving over time. So this just tells me that maybe maybe I'm not as bad at storytelling. As I previously thought, I think I just didn't have the right tools in my brain. I just didn't know the right things, the right questions to ask. And usually when I write before I knew anything about Story Grid or just constructing a novel, when I was just focusing on quote-unquote pantsing it and just writing whatever I wanted... It was a focus on world building, which is great, but no focus on, you know, no intention behind the plot points or intention behind character motivations, none of that. My main focus in writing was always, you know, the five senses. I would remind myself as I'm writing about the five senses to make my writing feel more rich, to give it life. Now... Giving your writing life is very important, and that's a great skill to have. But if you don't have the rest of it, then it's potentially going to fall flat. And I realize this. So I've just been building up my skills in the background. I've been Googling, I've been learning, I've been looking into villainous motivations, um, really, world building based on characters. Which is a difference between world building based on a cool concept, because that's what I usually do. Normally, I'm just like, oh, uh, I'll just throw in some plot points and then call it a book, because it's got a cool world. That doesn't—that's not how it works. So now I'm spending a lot of time just thinking about motivation collectively. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that I've got some humans involved in the in the book series and there's some other creatures involved there's some other species there's some groups and thinking about the motivation behind each group is really important and it's not too hard to think of once you realize the importance of those elements and then those elements, once you've established them, at least in your head, if you haven't written them down, you'll, maybe you'll forget about them, so you should write them down. But once you have those motivations, then the plot kind of starts working its way on its own. It's got its own life to it. You have to, you have to not only breathe life into your actual writing for the experience, but you have to breathe life into the plot so it's got to be realistic. And this is what I have been doing. And I've been learning this. I've been, I, I've known this and I I struggle with it. But I think, I think I'm learning with the application of actually doing the outlines. I'm hoping that I'm getting better at it by by doing so. So my first book outline, I have some dialogue in the plot points that I've outlined. It's about... I probably have about 20 boxes, think of them as sticky notes, in my Scrivener uh, application on my MacBook. And it's about 20 to 30 uh, little plot points with a bunch of notes inside for each book. And the first one had some dialogue, and now the second one that I'm working on, I'm working through the, uh, the middle and the ending of this one on the plot points. And it's just full of dialogue. It's mainly dialogue because what's driving the plot forward are these relationships. Also, it's being heavily influenced by um, Black Sails, which is just what I happen to be watching right now with my husband. But it's also relevant because it's like got ships and it's on the sea and the dialogue in the show is just phenomenal. It's just... It's just so good, and so is the character development. And so, speaking of tools to keep in the back of your mind as you, as you plot through your your novel, this is kind of in addition to when I'm writing, I go through the five senses. When I'm plotting, I'm starting to learn to apply what I've learned from StoryGrid grid which is kind of a, I guess you would call it a three-act part where approximately 25% of the novel is the beginning hook, 25% of the novel is the ending payoff, and the rest of the 50% is the middle build. And each section needs to have a, an inciting incident, a turning point or complication, a crisis and then a climax and a resolution. Now, this is just a rough guideline that I use, and I know I'm not an expert on this either, and I get confused on what counts as each of those things. The biggest one for me that has helped incredibly, and probably the reason behind all of the dialogue that's ending up in my plot points, is the crisis question. Now, the crisis question is when I'm definitely going to butcher this, but it's when the character is faced with two irreconcilable goods or the best bad choice. So the character is at a crossroads and they've got to make a decision. And then their true character shows when they make that decision, whatever decision that they make this one thing or the other it defines who they are and where they are at in life. So, if they make this one decision this time, but then um, at the end of the book or whatever, they make the other decision that's a more powerful, like decision that says that they've changed, that's showing growth in the character. So, this crisis question has been the focus of my plotting. And it's the biggest question that I ask myself when I am going through the plot points because I know that that is what makes the character arcs and the character development so strong. I know that's a huge part of it. And I know there are other elements. There's other ways of looking at it. There are other ways of doing it. But for me, this has helped a lot. And Whenever I get stuck on a plot point and whenever I'm thinking about where to go next, I think I I pull myself back. I think of the overall story, the overall goal of the book. What does the character really want at the end of the book? Where are they going? And what are the relationships? And then obviously to keep the plot points going forward and keeping the reader going forward, It's got to get interesting. It's got to build up. It's got to have tension. So when I get to that crisis point, I ask myself, how can I give it more tension? How can I give it higher stakes to give this character even more intention behind their motivations and their desires and whatever is driving this character? How can I give them more of that? How can I make the reader understand who this person is at the core? And it comes down to the crisis question. You have to force them into a place where they cannot move unless they make a decision. And then that decision is irreversible. That's the other part of the story grid. I'm basically, I I hope I'm doing story grid justice right now. I think I've learned... basics of at least the crisis question because this is what this is the pivotal moment this is what defines your characters and I love character development so I'm going to focus on that and I think once you have like amazing lovable characters or even characters that you can hate that's going to keep your readers coming for more that's going to keep them coming to the next book even if they want to know what that character is going to do How they're going to prevail or how they're going to conquer their fears or conquer their enemies, slay their demons, so to speak. That's all going to keep a reader reading your your book series. Now, the crisis question is the main thing I focus on when I'm just doing this initial outline on the books. But as I mentioned, there are a couple of other questions as you begin to hash out more details of the plot line. and these questions are surrounding how do you raise the stakes and these get very detailed because you need to look at each scene and the value shift so you want to see the stakes are high because otherwise the crisis question doesn't matter as much and it doesn't really define your character at all if it's not high enough stakes. The other question I've been focusing on is also the change of the character from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. You want to go from life to death or from unloved to loved or something very overarching like that. So it gives you more of a direction in terms of the value shift within each scene and certain things to focus on for your character. So if it's something where your character goes from unloved to loved, you'll highlight the feelings of unloved and then sprinkle in little hints of, no, you're actually really loved. Like, this isn't as big of a problem as you think it is. And then at the end the character realizes, "Oh, I'm I'm loved." That's a oversimplified version, but for my book 1 it goes from self-assuredness to self-doubt, which is I think the opposite of what you would probably traditionally do. You'd probably go from self-doubt to self-assuredness, but this is overarching several books, so I'm actually Giving this character a bit of an ego to begin with. And then giving them little doses of reality along the way. Like, you're not all that you think you are. You're actually kind of evil. Or, you know, whatever it is. And that's something I'm also focusing on. But not as much as the crisis question. The crisis question is really driving my overall plot. And then as I get into the more finite details and scenes... I'm starting to think about and add those value shifts. And that's going to be what defines the overall novel. And then even just a few minutes ago, I was thinking about my book three, and I was thinking about the value shifts of the character. They go from being loved to feared. And in the end, I think they're going to embrace their More chaotic nature and they're going to just embrace the fear and they're going to, you know, lean into that at the end of book three. And the moment that I'm going to really drive that, that, um, that theme home is by coinciding that internal battle for the main character with whatever's going on on the outside. I don't know exactly what that looks like but it will coincide exactly the same moment with the climax if they're feared they're going to be feared and they're going to do something really awful at the end that that needed to happen but it's extremely morally questionable and then they're just going to go into that fear and then they give up on love so those are all questions that are in the back of my mind as i plot out my books. And I'm learning more and more every day. I'm adding more questions to it every day as well. But if you're just getting the swing of things and you're just learning about it, one, you should probably listen to the StoryGrid podcasts from the beginning. And two, just focus on that crisis moment and that crisis question. And then hash it out as you go along. I'm already on book three and And I was complaining about how J.K. Rowling took five years to outline all her books. And I know this is only the beginning. I know that I need to get really nitty gritty if I'm going to do this whole outline method. So I don't think I give myself enough credit when it comes to storytelling. I think I just didn't have the right tools to tell stories. I think now that I'm applying these tools, it's incredibly helpful. And I'm really glad that... I've learned all that I have learned, and I know that I have a long ways to go. But writers are storytellers. I can say that because I I feel like I'm evolving. I'm evolving into this storytelling phase. And I didn't get to do that with my first book because I had already started writing it, I had already started planning it, and it was already kind of half formed. So I had to just muddle through that as the beginner that I am, and hope that it works out. And I still am hoping, basically that whole novel was just pantsing it, so to speak. And we'll see how much work I have to do. And now that I am outlining these other six books, I am approaching it differently. I'm approaching it with more intention. And I'm outlining every single book before I... Do anything. After that, I've been playing with the idea of, once I've got all of these, um, you know, 20 to 30 little plot points, uh, earlier I said characters, uh, 100 to 300 characters, it's actually words. Each one is about 100 to 300 words. And once I've got all of those little plot points for all six books, I will decide then what I'm going to do. I really, really want to just write because that's what I love to do. I just, it's fun. And then it's fun to also take a break from it when you're just getting annoyed and like frustrated. But I'm playing with the idea of either starting the first book or doing some of the snowflake method, which is basically you build your book from one to two pages and then you build it out from the inside out so you're not writing chronologically necessarily you're just doing a brief overview of everything and then you fill it in as you go so maybe I'll do something like that of each book and then hash out any pertinent details before I start actually working on the first book the second book the third book We'll see. Uh, that that idea sounds appealing in some ways, but it also sounds horrible because I just want to write. And part of me thinks that, you know, some of these details aren't going to come out until I do start writing. So maybe I'll do a blend of both of these options. We'll see. And that's, that's in the future because I need to finish this first book first. I need to finish... Um, Transitus, and i'm waiting for some feedback on that before i plan out my next move and that should be pretty soon hopefully i'm just waiting on my mother-in-law i'm not gonna rush her or anything i know it's like i converted it to a word doc and it was like almost 400 pages i think but in the pdf version it was two like less than 200 and she, she has other things to do other than help, <laughs> help me for free. Um, so yeah, I've been really enjoying this six-book outline. And maybe this is my, this is my journey and this is my legacy. Maybe the first book is just going to be a flop. Maybe it won't be that great. I'm losing excitement in it, unfortunately, because I'm working on these other projects but hopefully i can get that back and hopefully you know other people <laughs> my mother-in-law can help me get that back as well i don't know i don't know i'm just super excited about these other books because i i have more tools and so i'm the way that i'm plotting it out is a lot more fun and i think a lot more compelling side note real quick before i end this episode uh I've been talking about J.K. Rowling a lot, and I know she's got a lot more going on, a lot more interviews. Um, I think she's probably more famous than George R.R. Martin, but I did start looking into his writing process and his tips, so to speak, and how long it took him to write his books. I did not realize that he is still working on the final book, and he's, like, I don't know how many years it's been. Has it been 11? 10? So it's a little disheartening to see how long it takes these books to be made, but um, instead of focusing on J.K. Rowling, I think my book is turning out to be a little more *Games of Thrones* ish, which is surprising, just because I was never a huge fan of like those dynamic plot lines, just because I get lost pretty easily. But I've been focusing on that a little bit more, and that's been interesting. That's been helpful actually, because a lot of his tips are kind of like surrounding what I'm currently working on and what I'm focusing my attention on when I start outlining each plot line. So that's been helpful. And also, I apparently do have my Harry Potter books at my mom's place in Washington State, which is, I um, did not expect to be super excited to hear that news, but I'm actually really excited. And it's kind of ridiculous how excited I am and I'm seeing my mom soon so I I think she's bringing them over so I'll be reading Harry Potter soon (laughs) and I'll be talking about that because it's been like a million years since I've read Harry Potter (laughs) that should be interesting as a writer like everything is different now as a writer as an as a true honorary author who has not been published yet I feel like reading things is different now because now, now I can pick things apart, especially if I already know it's going to happen. And I've said that before. Like, It's fun to read a book for the first time and then just like go with the flow. But if you know it's already going to happen, it's fun to pick it apart a little bit. And to see those crisis moments as well. To pick those out and see how those actually play into the greater plot. So it should be really interesting, a lot of fun to reread Harry Potter. I'm super excited my mom found them. She did not unfortunately find my Aragon books, which now I'm thinking maybe I got rid of my Aragon books and did not get rid of Harry Potter. I think I got rid of something when I moved and the mystery continues. (laughs) Please, if you get a minute, subscribe to my mailing list, which is linked on the episode description or the podcast description Um, I just ask for your email, maybe your first name, and I'll keep you in the loop when my first book is ready. I won't be emailing you or bothering you about anything else, and I'll talk to you next time.